Welcome to Webmaster for Hire Cyber Bolton Podcast. Get the power to increase your business's web impact. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the second podcast, the Cyber Bulletin podcast that is brought to you by Webmaster for Hire. And I am having problems talking today. And then we have Carrie on the phone who is not <laughs> feeling well today. Boy, we're going to be a, a couple here. Ah, it'll be fine. I'll <laughs> cough and, and you can stutter. Yes. Well, <laughs> I always say I shoot for uh, perfectly imperfection. So we're going to be discussing the visitor experience with marketing results. And mostly we're going to be discussing website design in the realm of the visitor experience. So why don't we just get started? Uh, the topic, this kind of balance that we were thinking of with this topic is design versus what you want for your site versus the search engine optimization or also known as SEO and marketing and then finding that balance between those three because many times we want what we want but what we want doesn't necessarily bring us the best results and you can't necessarily always do market research for every unique step of building your business and, and building your business online. So That would be so cumbersome. It would be, and you would never be out of a focus group. And I am all for focus groups. I love them. But not everyone you're going to reach out to is going to give you the right information. Right. So our goal here today is to help you get a concept of you know, how to balance those out. Because your number one goal is getting the customer to you. Your number two goal right. is once you have them, keeping them on your site and getting them, you know, lead generation if you're um, a service business, product sales, you know, if you're a e-commerce site. But once they get there, you know, are they able to view the site? Do they even like how it lays out? Does it even pertain to them? You know, that's actually a science. And we can't cover mm. all of it here in one podcast, but we can at least touch some tips. So what are some areas that we're going to touch is the website building, you know, building out the website and the design itself. And there are areas where marketing and the design and the client experience or visitor experience can have conflicts. And so finding that balance where it's not always focused on SEO, because if everything was all focused on SEO, then it would be words only. If it was yeah, all... Yeah, that would not be... Yeah, no, that wouldn't be fun at all. Um, if it was no. all focused on visitor experience, then it would be design, over-designed. It would be making it all look pretty, getting certain things on the page that would start cluttering it up. If it mm. was all about what the customers want, then many times it will be too much or too little. And right. so, you know, hiring a professional who can help you and will have no fear in telling you no, and not just <laughs> no, but no, but here's why. why. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that's probably money best spent. 
Um, so call us at Webmaster for Hire. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so let's the, the three areas that we're going to touch on in site design is the overall design, some of the aspects um, when you're getting started to design or redesign a website, your home page, um, which can have a unique layout. The overall design is the same, but the layout of the page is different. And then the lower pages, which a lot of people forget about those poor, lowly, lo lower pages, but they're highly important. That's where right. the SEO can many times take, you know, trump the design and the layout. So um, let's start talking on the overall site design. And as having the user experience, the visitor experience, um, having a beautiful site versus SEO. So one of the first things is responsive. If you don't know that word, you need to learn it. It's a must in the industry. In the last couple of years, it's become very imperative. Early last year, around April, they had mobile get-in. Welcome to Geek Speak. <laughs> So basically, it was saying if your site isn't responsive, then you will either drop out or, or drop down in Google uh, search results. Right. So what does that mean? Well, the new modern world is people aren't just at their desks looking at your website on their desktop computer. They now have the laptops, the tablets, and the smartphones. And your website has to be fluid in all sizes because if you look at your desktop computer, which the monitors have become huge and many times size of your TVs, if not connected to, you know, using the TV, even though you shouldn't, the TV and the monitor, right. um, they have the different capacities. Not a discussion for today, but and then you look at your phones, even though the iPhone has finally caught up with us Android users, I used to hold up my Android phone to my dad's little iPhone and go, I bet you're jealous. You can see my screen. There. <laughs> it's so, bigger. It's bigger. Still small in your hand, and you still have to yeah. deliver all the content that you want to deliver to the visitors that you can deliver on a larger screen. So right. responsive means it's fluid where it folds underneath. You know, if you have three columns, one column folds underneath the other, folds underneath that one. So they just keep scrolling down to see everything. It's right. not a mobile app, though. Mobile apps are completely different granimal. Um, right. This is your actual website, and it should be fluid because search engines say, it has to be as of April of last year. Prior to that, you wanted it to be responsive because you wanted that user experience. Well, when it comes to design, your design has to, you know, you can't make it stay at a 900 pixel width, even though that probably means nothing no. to you, a thick width. Because if you go to the website, then the visitor will have to pinch in and pinch out. It hurts the right. user experience, and it hurts the search engine. So making sure that design can fold is highly important. Everybody wants the wow factor when they're building their websites. 
They want to make it look cool. They want it look better than everybody else's. Um, and prior to cell phones, they used flash, which was like making a movie. So we were all little Steven Spielbergs and mm-hmm. creating your website so that when it clicked it, it had a nice, cool transition. You could add effects to it, sound effects. You could add, you know, when they click this, it shifts and moves in various ways. And if that's what you're wanting, the problem is the user experience isn't going to happen. Now, we used to be able to rank Flash websites in the search engines. It was a little tougher, but it was still possible. The problem is the iPad doesn't read them. Most of your browsers nowadays need an extra plug-in to read it. So anyone wanting Flash or has a site in Flash, they need to get out of it. Having that layout, this is where your overall site, you know, do you want a modern layout or a column layout? So modern layout is now horizontal sections where columns are vertical sections. And you're going to see our site is now in the modern layout. You're going to see a lot more larger companies, corporations, shifting to the more modern layout. Is there a right versus wrong? In this case, no, it's pretty much what you like as the business. Where you think if you're hitting towards a younger audience, then you want the modern because they're used to, they like that. Um, If you have a site that is, you know, for Gen X and baby boomers, then either will work. The, you know, Gen Xers are a little more flexible. They can get used to it. And people like scrolling. It's also more fluid to go to the responsive in the modern layout. Um, Ah, okay. And load time. Now, load time means... That's important. Yeah, you put in the website address, you click enter, or you click a link, and it goes to a site. How fast does it go down? This is where we I can tell you, it. I'll click out yeah. of a website if it takes too long to load. I'm like, forget this, my time's precious. Yep, everybody does that. Oh, I don't have time for this. Yeah. We're the microwave right. society, and in fact, a microwave takes too long for us these days. They want to make it faster. What do we do? Oh, I got two minutes. I can go do something else while I wait. Really? Right. (laughs) I know. I do it here all the time. We have a a kitchen here in the office, and I'm, oh, two minutes. I can go open an email or something. (laughs) But load time is important for that very reason. The user experience, it needs to download. Search engines want faster downloads. The problem is, is if what you want comes into play, you know, what page are they downloading? You want that crisp image? Well, that's going to be a heavy image. That's going to slow your download time down. You want to load it with images and all these scripts that have to keep hitting the server to download. Too many plugins in WordPress. You're going to lose the user experience and it's going to slow your download, and that's going to be a problem with the search engines because they don't like it. So that, in the overall design, trying to keep it so it's not heavy 
in images, heavy colors where you can't lighten them. Having Photoshop, you can usually save to web-friendly to try and reduce the image size. You can try and preload, which is what we did years ago, but that still slows the load time down for the first-time visitor. So you really want to balance your design to A, be responsive, to B, make sure the load time is easy and fast, and C, make sure that it does uh, you know, appeal to your target audience and the search engine. So don't get rid of all your words and put them on an image. Right. You know, you're, you're going to lose that. You can have a pretty design, but the search engines won't pick up words on an image. It's too, too binary. They can't read it. So does that make sense overall yeah. for design? Okay. Because remember, I'm still tongue-tied, so I'm trying not to... <laughs> right. Something yeah. else that I would point out is um, uh, with the user experience, you need to have it laid out in a logical fashion. And yeah. you have this really neat t trick in the menu, and this might apply to the lower pages and section as well, but mm -hmm. you place certain key pages in certain places on the menu mm -hmm. to make it super, super easy for people to go, oh, this is an important page, I can click on it. Correct. The hierarchy of your menu is very important, but you've got to understand the right side of the page, the upper right side is where eyes lay first. Mm, if right. we read left to right in America and in Europe, most countries except for Arab, which reads right to left, um, so the eyes don't go left to right, they just hit right first. That upper right is high-end real estate. So I always want phone numbers if it's a service professional. I want contact pages there. Contact pages right on the menu give people the comfort. How frustrated mm -hmm. are we today when we can't send an email, phone, call someone, or fill out a form? Or if we can only fill out a form, that's a conversation for another day. Yeah, that. But, yeah, that's an irritant. But you actually bring a comfort level if they see that contact page right at the very end of your menu. Home is no longer necessary. I have it on mine. But for many people, they're like, most people know you can click the logo to go back to the home. And it'll take you home. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're yep. targeting an older audience, they don't always, they're used to the home um, link. But breaking down your lower page for the navigation to those lower pages, it's very important what goes where. Because right after the end being the number one spot for eyes, giving that comfort, trust feeling, the center, again, we're not reading left to right, and if we do, <laughs> our eyes gloss over it. And so the center one, if you're selling products, having that shop button right there in the middle, Perfect. Having the number one category that you want to sell right in the middle, perfect. And then hugging around it are your set, the next level of importance. Yeah. Your about page, your service listings, um, you know, for services, having that portfolio because then and your testimonials right on top because you want to project trust in the service industry. And trust when people most people get that a website can be built by someone in their garage 
you know, back in the day, nobody caught on to that. Now right. they realize anybody can have a website. And if you don't have a website, they don't think you're in business. So it's a whole new world. But yeah, having that menu layout is very important. And making sure not to overstuff it because then the eyes can't break it up. Right. It needs to be simple. Yeah. Easy for them to get to where they want. Plus, the search engines will use those, so you want keywords there. Don't want to stuff keywords. You know, if you're a construction company, you don't want to have construction services about construction, you know, construction, construction, construction. It'll be too bad for the experience for the visitor, and the search engines will think you're spamming them. So that'll be bad. Don't try and do that. So... Let's talk about the home page. The home page layout can be very different than your lower pages. Your lower pages will be the same and consistent typically for all lower pages. Images can change out, but sidebars and things like that can would be consistent. Right. The home page that's your commercial. That's your 5 seconds of I've sent you there. You've gotten to my site from a print item, marketing item, like a brochure, a business card, whatever. I've met you in person. Someone's referred you to me. So they send you to the main homepage. And this is an area where you want to have design. So have have your graphics, have... Um, your marketing five-second elevator speech. Everyone who does networking knows they have to do the elevator speech, but break it down into bite-sized pieces. So the slider area, now I prefer a short slider for most businesses because I want to get you to the content faster. But you have to remember... What do you you mean by short? Say it again. What do you mean by short slider? Okay, so short in height. Uh, there's okay. a lot of websites that have these massive sliders, and it's a de- great design appeal, but you're losing yeah. a lot of opportunities for the user experience to get them to do what you really want them to do. Call you, fill out a form, buy product, learn more about whether they want to do business with you, etc. Whatever your goals are for your website. So I like a short slider. And if it's something where I want a form filled out, I I prefer to have a short width and height and then to the right mm-hmm. of it put a form whenever I right. possibly can. Because that form being right there, if that's your number one thing, upper right side again is the most important area. We also make sure phone numbers are clickable so that if so they're that on is- their phone, they can click the link and all of a sudden they're calling you. Super, super easy. Yes. We want reaching you to be super, super easy. But the sliders, we can break down. So like on our sliders, we want to cover pieces that we think are important to you. You know, we prefer WordPress sites. So we want to show you the power. And we have our little mascot girl with her boxing gloves and and her workout, you know, headband and you know, we give that design appeal to get the attention, but then the verbiage of, hey, we're going to give you the power of WordPress. You know, we want to talk about, 
you know, what we do for companies, the elevator speech, well, we help businesses thrive in this digital world. We help you to navigate, you know, the craziness of the ever-changing web. So we create a slider. We don't want them to stay forever. You know, they, they've got to keep moving so that you can read enough and go, okay, that is resonating with why I'm here. And then they can and click then look for slider. More and go and learn more. Correct. Right. The content, you want to touch as much as you can without having too much. Now, the great thing is, is you don't need a lot of content. Somebody was using recently Dropbox as a case study regarding, you know, marketing versus content. If you go to hmm. dropbox.com, it has hardly any images and it has a paragraph with bullet points of what they do. Now, okay. the thing, though, that they do is their marketing has way more words than their homepage. They aren't actually banking on, you know, SEO organic area, the free area. If you go in and look, you'll find they do pay-per-click. So they pay for mm. ads. They have okay. articles written in some very high trust authority sites. They have been featured in high trust authority magazine sites, business sites, websites, um, and things like that. So you can't really use them as the basis for all business sites because not everybody is getting into you know fast company website, magazine, moz.org isn't talking about your business, you know, everywhere right. that anyone who would use Dropbox, and I got to be honest, I first heard about Dropbox from word of mouth. I didn't even mm-hmm. find it on the web. Yeah, most people right. are getting it through referrals. So to use them as a basis for your business site, I would say no. You want content. If nothing but a little blurb of what you do, you know, put those service listings there. If you're a product sales site, you better have your featured products there with some verbiage about what they are with either click to buy or more information. If you're service, you want to have lead capture. And even if you're product sales, you still want to build up an e-newsletter because you need to let your customers, your already pe- the people who are already purchasing from you, want to know more about new product offerings. So this one isn't even splitting the service versus the product sales, e-commerce, because everybody should have an email capture form of some sort. If you're lead gen, your request a proposal, request consultation, set up your service appointment, whatever, should take priority over your newsletter because that's that's money on the table. You know, you want to get to the money fastest. So having a lead capture form right on your homepage, and it doesn't have to be the very top unless that is, you know, you think they'll scroll down. Ours is not on the top. Ours is like right. somewhere in the middle, and we made it with what's called parallax. I'll give you a funky word for the day, where we made it pop, but we didn't put it in the very, very top. Because we wanted to make sure, hey, are we covering the areas that you're looking at? Let's right. let's show you what we do. But we do have, if you scroll down that lead capture form, 
And the phone number is definitely right up there because the phone number is very important for service professionals. Even if you go to phone.com, have a call fire number or something like that where they have an answering service, it doesn't matter. You still want that phone number. Once I got Google's phone number for a local client that we were having some problems with their Google Maps, I was on it. I don't want to wait for an email. I want an answer now. So search engines, they don't care about your lead form. Right. They don't care about your sliders. They care about words. So the menu, important, and having specific keywords on your homepage, important. So that's where we want to balance where we place things so that we keep the verbiage as close to the top as possible for the search engines. Then we want to look at what do we want. Because usually when we think of a website, if you're not a web designer, you're thinking of a website, you're sketching out, you're looking and searching other people in your industry, and you're going, this is what I want. And then you place it before someone who builds a website and they're going to go, eh, that's, you don't have a lot of content on your site. Well, that's okay. We have a, a client that looks at house.com, H-O-U-Z-Z, and that's right. a site where all you're doing is searching different pictures of different yeah. construction projects. And they're like, you know what? All I want on the homepage is have pictures where someone clicks it and they go right in and see the different projects. But you're a service company. You're not selling images to other professionals. You know, so you need some words on there. You can't have, you know, just the slider only and expect to rank without giving the search engine some clue as to what you want ranked for or what services you provide. And again, just having images and making it pretty without some text. In addition, not everybody goes to house.com and likes it. Only right. those who are addicted to pretty images. Some people, they want they help. Prefer. Yeah, and how, so let's say it's, uh, you know, I'm looking at remodeling my kitchen maybe this year. So, yeah, I'm looking at pictures but I need to learn, okay, what kind of measurements am I looking at? I couldn't even figure out what kind of kitchen mine was. I learned it's, it's an L shape. So ah. I thought, well, but it, I was looking under galley kitchens because I thought it was a galley. So oh, the verbiage, no, yeah, yeah, the verbiage is important because if someone's going to hire you and then they say, oh, you offer, um, these are galleys, these are L shapes, and you're going, Oh, okay. And then you explain what the difference is in your industry to the consumer who has no clue. That's going to help you with search engine optimization. You can have a link to your portfolio right on your homepage. But you also should be writing blog posts for search engine optimization and for online marketing. Well, having recent posts so they can check out what the latest things that you have talked about. So someone looking for an industry expert will go, well, I wonder, you know, what do they really know? Is it, you know, the basic surface conversation or is it quality content where you're educating me? I have a friend who, he's an engineer. When he built his kitchen out, he learned every spec out there. 
I don't hmm. want to do all that. <laughs> no. I want a pretty site, but I don't know what the latest trends are. So if your blog post is talking about the latest trends and you talk about specking your kitchen right, you'll get both he and I on your site reading your blog posts. There you go. Yes, and you're giving keywords to the search engine. <laughs> yep. Now, the flip side of this is wanting too much content on your homepage. Mm. There are some sites that are called one-page sites where they use a menu at the top and you click it and it will drop down. It's called an anchor link. It'll drop down to that section of the page. The only time I recommend doing something like that is if you don't intend to add a lot of content like a resume page. You know, you're looking for a job. We have a lady in our area who's retired from the theater and her and another lady created a theater a two-woman show, and so we created a one-page because it had four sections, but not a lot of content for each section. Right. In that case... So it wouldn't make sense to have separate pages. It makes perfect sense to have it all on one page so someone can either scroll or click the links to get there. They didn't need more than that one-page site. If you're in any other business, you need to have individual pages. Because you want right. to maximize the keyword searches and people finding you through various keywords and coming in on a lower page through the search engines. So we rarely recommend that one-page layout for most businesses. And right. your goal is to get them to those lower pages. So if we have, let's say we have an attorney and wants everything there, Well, attorneys don't (laughs) typically just do one type of practice. And if they do, they have case studies. Some people will be searching for a specific type of injury attorney. So every type of injury for personal injury attorneys, you can have a page for each kind. So you're hitting those keywords. But you can't vomit all that verbiage on the homepage. (laughs) Yes, good for search engines. But now you have the user experience problem is you have too much and their eyes don't know where to go. You know, some magazine sites have a problem with this where they'll do a four column layout or they try and and do that masonry layout where their their blog posts are in little squares. And the visitor gets there and many times they're like, I have no clue where to start. You know, you yep. have to direct the eye. You have to give them some layout so that their eyes aren't freaking out all over the place. And again, that's great for search engines. It's great for marketing and getting people to you. But now they're going, I don't know where to begin. It's too much. So you really want to touch tips. You know, for, let's continue with the personal injury attorney. So you can have a list of the areas of practice. And then right. those click to the lower pages. You would definitely want the lead capture form. You know, you got to be careful because every state has their own unique bar when it comes to the attorneys. But find out if your case can win you cash. Uh, right now, everybody is 
hook here in Florida on so-and-so got me $5 million. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know how they can do that. I think it would be against the bar. But, you know, have your, your call to action with the contact form so that you can contact them right away. Have that right there. Offer them a download on, you know, how to prepare for your personal, you know, meeting with your personal injury attorney. Right. And then have capture their name and email that way before they get the PDF file that's their checklist. Have your verbiage of why us. How do we stand out? You know, don't compare yourself to others because, again, you have to be careful of the bar. But how do we stand out? Why, why are we the better personal injury attorney? Then you can have your recent blog posts where you're covering various topics along with case studies. Case studies, again, you have to be very careful if you're an attorney. But they can do case studies. That's, that's a given. Then mm-hmm. your homepage, easy peasy done. Now the lower yeah. page. So we want to, again, balancing the website design, the visitor experience, and the marketing results. So your lower pages, everyone, when they do designs or they work with a web designer, they only give them a homepage design. And then they go to build it out, and then the designer figures out what the lower page will look like. Mm-hmm. But that's just as important as the homepage because search engines, as you already said, through blog posts and other various pages, can be ranked higher than your homepage for keywords that people are searching. And we like the more pages because the more pages, mm-hmm. the better the chances. So. You want to make sure things like a sidebar, whether it's left or right, actually doesn't really matter as much these days, but the standard is typically on the right side because, again, eyes fall right. But we want to have – go ahead. I was just going to point out that we monitor the forms that our clients have filled out, and I have noticed the sidebars – Yes. get many more prospects filling them out than any, like, you know, any other contact that yeah. we might have somewhere else on the website. It's a phenomenal. Yeah. Because that sidebar follows through on every page. We get a lot of homepage form fills out for Webmaster for Hire, but those are typically mm-hmm. people that are just dropping in, filling out a form, and going on to the next one. Dropping in, filling out a right. form, going on to the next one. The people that are actually in reading sidebars, you know, are reading your site, and then they're like, okay, let's just fill the sidebar out. What we've found with them is they're more serious about their website builds. They're not just price shopping. And Hmm. because they're diving in more, they're getting more information from you. So that's why we also mark the difference between sidebars and homepage and a body page so we know where it's mostly coming from and we can track what type of person is completing these forms. That's why I don't mind having it in the middle is because the people that are price searching, they have to at least search, you know, scroll down to get there. And they're mm-hmm. releasing what we offer and before they, they put it in there. In fact, I think we recently added in our costs, our starting costs for website builds and our base price for, you know, online marketing 
because we so were getting hit with people that couldn't afford our services, and that reduced uh, people that were price searching going, oh, nope, that, they're out of our budget. Because as right, a business, right. that then eats up your time, and your yes. time is just as valuable as your customers. And so, you know, we can at least prospect, you know, efficiently that way. Yes. So, yeah, that sidebar, getting, again, that phone number if you're a service professional, um, attorneys, um, home service providers, whatever service you're offering, you fall under this category, having that phone number there and having it clickable. And then what we do is say, or complete this form here. And it's a shortened form mm-hmm. from your long one, but I think it's better to get a form completed, you know, one way or the other. So right. get that name and phone number so you can contact them. But if they come in on a lower page and you only have that form on, you know, one lower page, you know, like a request for proposal page or yeah. your home page, then you've missed them. You've missed that opportunity. Right. You also want to, if you want to get the people signing up and subscribing to your e-newsletter, making sure every blog post, either top or bottom of the post, has that contact form for your sign up and subscribe to your newsletter. If you complete a payment with Webmaster for Hire, our thank you page has a subscribe to our newsletter. <laughs> Try and cool. get people everywhere possible. That's marketing. Those are pages right. that are you know hidden from the search engines, though. But you can also get keywords on those search engines. Your main master keywords you can get are on the sidebars. Um, Other lower pages that you want to be careful about for search engine optimization and balancing it with the user experience and having, you know, a nice design is a portfolio page. Hmm. And this is something where we've had a customer where they just wanted a category portfolio. So instead of having a per-client portfolio, They just wanted to say, okay, this is our service offering A. We'll show a couple of photos from different projects, and that's it. You're missing... Yeah, but that's not personalizing it. No, you're missing major SEO options. People buy the story. You sit late at night in your jammies, munching on that not-diet-friendly chips and dips (laughs) and drinking the soda, and on comes the infomercials, the weight loss infomercials. We're in that time of year. So the weight loss infomercials, they don't just show you the products, tell you what the products do. They tell a story, many stories. So-and-so was sitting there eating the chips just like you, drinking the soda just like you. And I just and now look at them. Yeah, and they tell their story (laughs) of how they got to the product. The portfolio is your option to tell the story. Because, A, you're going to get different keywords for every story you tell. So if you offer product or service A, and you have a portfolio, do service A, and especially if you're a local. So let's say, you know, you're a local air conditioning company. That one's a little more difficult, but you can do before and after photos of what their old one looked like, what their new one looked like. So you can have, you know, air conditioning install 
which most air conditioning companies don't do this, but let's say they did. You can do the before and after of how it looked before, how it looked after. What's their story? The air conditioning broke down. We fixed it. And you think that's going to be boring. Well, that's not how it should go. You listen to the consumer and, you know, I just turned it on. It was working fine, but we've been having this drip and I just couldn't find where it was. Somebody's going to read that and going, hey, I've got a drip that I've been ignoring. I probably should get it checked out. But yet, you're not going to think on a home page or a lower page to go, hey, you got a drip that you're ignoring, even though that would be a really good blog post. Um, (laughs) You're taking the words from the consumer that hired you, and you're telling their story without necessarily using their names. And for each one, so let's say a pool company, you know, okay, they bought a house that didn't have a pool. Does that happen every day? Well, it happens most days that that's why they want a pool, but not everybody who buys a house without a pool goes, hey, I need a pool. Why well, did they need that for pool? Example, yeah, for example, um, our pool company was telling me about this one lady. She's an elderly single lady. She had a dog. She wanted a pool for her dog. That's quite unique. That is very unique and very Palm Beach. (laughs) (laughs) Is it? (laughs) But, yeah, her use for the pool. Someone else, it may be they they like it for exercise. Someone else, they have kids. Someone else, the grandkids. Every story will now then be different stories will be related to different users that are visiting your site. So that's a user experience. And then it's also a marketing experience. You know, you can do online press releases off that case study. You know, pool doctor installs pool, dog is happy. (laughs) Right? That's cute. Yeah. And so then you write about the new pool install, which isn't that newsworthy, but you talk about the dog. And you talk about it from the dog's perspective. And online, we're not necessarily looking for journalists to, we're looking for the backlink more than a news story, but that's a press release right there or a blog post. But if you started it in the portfolio, you can then showcase the before and after photos and give that unique um, story. Additionally, you'll pick up on keywords that you hadn't thought of or you don't use as often. So basically what we've been discussing today is that balance. You have to have a beautiful design that fits your target audience. You have your wants and desires as the business owner. Then the search engines um, have their algorithm of what they want to rank your site. And you have to work with that. Oh, yeah, and they don't tell you what it is. You get to play guessing game. Um, And then along with all of that, you've got to balance it out. So balancing it before you start the build is highly important. Looking at things such as a portfolio and breaking it down by client and case studies and creating case studies will help bring a balance of telling the story. The person reading it reads into, they connect to the story. It's an emotional purchase if you think about it um, uh, for a pool. Air conditioning, everyone needs it here in Florida. Not everybody needs it you know, up in Iowa, except for when the mm-hmm. summer's hit. But it's a, 
oh, I got to let go of money. Anytime you're departing mm-hmm. with money for people, it's an emotional experience. So right. building that trust value, connecting in a relatable way. Um, attorneys, they have to build that rapport right away on their websites. So, you know, you can have a video, but don't make the whole homepage your video. Balance mm-hmm. it with the verbiage that the search engines need if you want to get ranked in them. And hopefully, you know, covering site design, homepage, and lower pages that we didn't bore you, but we actually gave you useful information when you're getting ready to build your next site. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, hey, you know, this is basic stuff, but everybody can learn something from it. Yeah, I think so. Um, so this is our podcast number two. I hope it was useful for you. Um, if you are looking for a website and you want someone who will say, hey, that's too much, that's too little, these are our recommendations, and give you the experience and know-how that is needed, you know, we have over 15 years experience now, why I can't believe that, um, in business, mm-hmm. not even experience, because I've been doing this since 1995, Um, Mm. So join us here. Call us at 561-822-9931, 561-822-9931, or check us out on the web, our modern design at webmasterforhire.us, not .com, .us. Take care, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening. Webmaster for Hire helping companies thrive in the digital world. Connect with us today for Impact Tomorrow. Located online at www.webmasterforhire.us or call 561-822-9931.